All right. So let's get uh, straight into the word tonight so we can take advantage of our hour together. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you that your word will bring enlightenment. We thank you that the Holy Spirit will bring us revelation about your word and how it applies to our life personally. We thank you, God, as the word is spoken, Father, that we'll each see our individual paths uh, that you have called us to walk upon, Father. I thank you that we will think about ourselves tonight, God, and not about others, that we will grow up in your word and we'll be mature Christians who are disciples of you, Father, who are able to go out into the world and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We'll be able to be uh, bridges to those who need uh, pathways to your kingdom, Father. I thank you that because we are mature in Christ, that we draw men to repentance through the ex exhibition of our love in this earth. And we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's right, Mama saying. I am worth the investment. Amen. I am worth the investment. So as you guys know, this is week number four of managing your mindset. And so uh, I'm learning just to slow down and take time and just uh, just dive into the word and just see what we learn, right? And so over the past three weeks, we have talked about uh, the whole thought process. You know, you receive a thought, you analyze that thought, then you have to choose to accept or reject that thought based off whether it aligns with the word or if it aligns with the uh, world. And then once you figure out whether you should accept or reject it, all accepted thoughts are, are replayed, all right? All accepted thoughts. So the Lord, you get a thought that I'm blessed and highly favored. You analyze that. You're like, yeah, that's a good thought. It lines up with the word of God. I am going to accept that thought and then I'm going to replay that. Or in other words, we say confess that. I'm going to make confessions. I am the blessed of the Lord. I'm the blessed going in. I'm blessed going out, right? And then the opposite of that is also true. You get a fleeting thought that says, hey, Man, he sure look good. She sure look good. I, I, and then you get impure thoughts, right? Uh, and then those impure thoughts, you have to analyze that. Well, uh, uh, certain things are, uh, according to the word, sex is for marriage. According to the word, if he told you not to eat bacon, that ain't for you. If he told you not to eat cake, that ain't for you. You got to analyze it. That thought, oh, I want a piece of cake. But the Lord told you to be on fast this week. So at that point, you have to analyze it. It doesn't line up with the word of God. So you got to choose to accept or reject it. At that point, I hope you reject it because anything that doesn't line up with the word of God ultimately is there to bring you destruction. So you reject that. And so you replace that thought. I am happy not eating the cake because I know my God will not withhold anything good for me. I know that the fact that he has me fasting is to bring me into the place of abundance that he's called me to. I thank you, Lord, that through my obedience, I will have provision right? That's what we're doing through that thought process. I receive, I analyze, accept or reject, and then I replace or replay, all right? And then I said that you got to ask yourself some guiding questions. We're not going to go through them tonight. Uh, you can go catch the replay on that one, all right? And then last week, we spent a little time talking about the manager mind. You must have a growth mindset. I think that was lesson two. Lesson, uh, you have to have a growth mindset. And part of having a growth mindset was understanding that the Holy Spirit has enabled you, has given you supernatural ability to do what you couldn't do on your own. And so you can't get into a situation where you feel like you're not good enough. Why? The Holy Spirit makes you good enough. You can't get in a situation where you don't feel like you don't know your way out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a GPS system. He always navigates you to the promises of God. So you can't get caught up in the fact that you don't qualify because you don't have a degree. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So they meant to teach you all things. So you have access to a supernatural being in the Holy Spirit who has the ability to give you everything you need to become who God has called you to be. But you have to have a growth mindset for that, right? You can't be locked into this thing where you feel like you can't make it. And so that's what we talked about. And then last week we hung our hat at Colossians. And so that's where we're going to pick up this week. We're going to get back to Colossians because we didn't finish there. All right. And so the thing I said last week, kind of like it was a guiding, guiding passage is this. The pathway to managing our mindset starts with an understanding of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing I say tonight 
matters to the one that's an unbeliever. And because why? The Bible says that the unbeliever has been blinded. That's what the word says. The unbeliever has been blinded. And so the first thing that you need to do to be able to manage your mindset is to understand that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. All right? And so that's what the first thing you need to do. Just say, Father God, tonight I accept you as, as Lord and personal Savior. I believe that you raised Jesus Christ for the uh, from the dead, I believe that his sacrifice is, uh, covers my sin. And so I accept you into my heart. So now you have a right to have your, to manage your mindset. You have the enablement of the Holy Spirit to help you manage your mindset because managing your mindset is not something that you're capable of doing through your flesh. You'll always fail by doing it through your flesh. It says God's thoughts are most powerful and bring the best results. God's thoughts Thoughts are the most powerful and they bring the best results. You got to understand that God's thoughts have been tested and tried. Psalms 119 and 96 in Amplified says that he's seen everything human, right? And it has its limits and it has its end. But your commandment is exceedingly broad and extends without limits. Last week, I told you that the word of God has gone through all of eternity, came back to the beginning right? Because the Bible says he created the end before the beginning, came back to the beginning and now present with us. We said that the Holy Spirit was our first, very first cloud server. You know how you got Google Cloud, you got Amazon, uh, uh, AWS, you got all these different places, right? Where things are stored. But the Holy Spirit was our very first cloud server. He has all the information of God has been downloaded into Holy Spirit. And in Romans 5 and 5, it says that the Holy Spirit causes the love of God to be shared. It says the love of God is shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is constantly downloading to us the images, the, the imaginations, the thoughts, the mindset of God. And so we got to be willing to listen to Holy Spirit, which is where we're going to start tonight. Tell your neighbor, say, I refuse to put Holy Spirit on mute. I refuse to put Holy Spirit on mute. Because you got to understand the Holy Spirit is like a GPS. He is constantly providing redirection to align with the path God has put you on. Well, the other day uh, when we went to Dallas, uh, Pastor Chris and uh, Elder Valley rode with us. And uh, I had ways going and it just kept going. And it was a knowing. This lady, like, she'll say the directions and she'll give this same inspirational quote every time. So I got tired of listening to her. So you know what I did? I muted her, right? And so many times, that's what we do to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is only trying to do his job. He is trying to get you to the abundant life, that John 10 and 10 life. He is trying to get you to the place where you're whole and that you're healed. But we don't like his voice. We don't like what he's telling us to do. We don't like the fact that we need to fast. We don't like the fact that we need to meditate. We don't like the fact, fact that we need to leave some people behind. We don't like the fact that he's wanting us to go to a new job. So what we do, we put Holy Spirit on mute and we begin to navigate life on our own. And I can't tell you that it's times I put my GPS on mute and then something happened along the way. There was a wreck or there was a road closure and your GPS automatically sees that because it can look ahead. But because it was muted, I miss, there you go, Pastor Chris, preach your message, girl. I missed my turn. I missed my turn. Why? It wasn't because the Holy Spirit wasn't talking. It was simply because I put them on mute. So tell you, see, see what we want to believe is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always talking right now. Right now, do you know? If you in Arkansas, that 92.3 is jamming right now. I don't hear it. You know why I don't hear it? Because I'm not tuned into that frequency. It's muted. But the fact I don't hear 92.3 does not mean that 92.3 isn't broadcasting. And so what we got to understand as believers is if we can't hear God, it's not that God isn't speaking, it's that we're not on the right frequency. Part of the way, reasons that you, part of the how you get on the right frequency is that you, I heard Pastor say today, she's like, how do, somebody asked the question, how do I uh, hear God? Well, you read your Bible enough to know his character. 
If somebody came up to me and said, Pastor Edwin, I mean, uh, Coach Vaughn uh, slapped the vena. And I'm like, uh, I got to push, I got to give you some pushback on that. Why? Because nothing in his character over the 20 years I've known him says that that's something that he would do. I've seen said mad. I've seen him upset. I've seen how he act when he does that, and it's not violent. But, but that's because we have 20 years of relationship, of intimacy, right? And so the problem is you can't tune in because you don't spend enough time in your word to even know what God is telling you, all right? But that, that's not mute the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.19. This is out of Amplified Classic. It says, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. I told you last week that God is in ultimate control, but he doesn't always take control because to take control will force us to be robots. He wanted us to respond to him out of love. So he gave us the opportunity to choose. Now he did tell us that, hey, I lie before you blessing and cursings, right? Life and death. Then he told us to choose life. However, that is our obligation. It is our responsibility to always choose God. I can't choose God for Chris. I can't choose God for Aiden. I can't choose God for Ava. They got to choose God for themselves. So the Thessalonians is telling us that you do have the ability to quench or subdue or to be unresponsive to the working of the Holy Spirit. Or in other words, you put Holy Spirit on mute. And so when we're managing our mindset, it cannot be done without the working of the Holy Spirit. But when I put Holy Spirit on mute, then I then am now managing my mindset through my flesh, and that's going to always end up in disaster. And so a real quick litmus test here, I'm going to ask you a couple, I'm going to give you a couple examples of, so that you can know if you are ignoring or grieving the Holy Spirit, because we always, want to, we always want to learn. We always want to be, at, be able to identify where we are so that we would then be able to locate ourselves and get a pathway to freedom. Number one, I'm, number one reason if I'm ignoring or grieving the Holy Spirit, your words are corrupt. What is a corrupt word? A word that does not line up with the kingdom. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says it this way. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not, what? Grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. So it when I begin to let corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, I am grieving Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's purpose is to cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart. So his job is to always make me, put me in remembrance of what God has done for me. So God has saved me. He has rescued me. He has become payment for all of my sins. So when I say that I'm a sinner saved by grace, that is corrupt communication. I am not a sinner. I'm the righteousness of God. When I say that I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill, that is corrupt communication because God has supplied all my need. When I say that I'm sick, that is corrupt communication. Why? Because I know that the Lord has taken stripes so that I may be healed. He wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. So one way we ignore Holy Spirit, we ignore the word of God, is by allowing, by indication is that our words are corrupt. You're speaking the wrong thing. Your words are always going to tell what's really in your heart all the time, every day. Your words tell you what's in your heart. See, you got situations that you can prepare for. And you, you know, like when I teach, on Wednesdays, when we teach messages, most of the, I won't say most, any person you see that teach at FOC, we ain't just jumping up here saying something. We're preparing, right? But sometimes you get sucker punched in life and something just happens. And however you react when your subconscious must respond, then that's the thing that you believe the most. 
So when 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 the doctor comes through and says give you a bad report, and then the first thing that comes out your mouth, oh Lord, what I'm gonna do? What's in your heart is fear. What's in your heart is un uh it, it is lack. What's in your heart is sickness. What's in your heart is is not lining up with the word of God. So what I gotta do is not feel shame, not feel uh uh sad, not feel upset with myself. I say, Lord. I want to believe, help my unbelief. And then I have to do the work to get into the word of God so that my words may no longer be corrupt, but they may align with what Holy Spirit is saying. All right. So number one, your words are corrupt. That's how I know I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. Number two, you consistently ignore or reject the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You just disobedient. You don't listen. And see, the thing that you got to understand is this. Holy Spirit speaks to you and Holy Spirit speaks through others to you. Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are gifts from God to us. And many times you are asking God for an answer and they're using your man and woman of God to give you the answer that you need. However, and if FOC is not your home, because I know some of you guys come to Wednesday night, but you got your own church. You're asking for solutions, but you ain't listening to the people that's providing it. And so you are not hearkening to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit uses the fivefold ministry so that it may equip people for works of service so that the body may be built up. The Holy Spirit uses the fivefold ministry to create unity and faith and then knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit uses the fivefold ministry so that we may become mature. The Holy Spirit uses the fivefold ministry so that we may obtain experience the of the whole measure of Jesus Christ, so that we may be able to experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. So what your mind will get you, the earthly mindset says this, oh, that's just Pastor Chris, I ain't got to listen to him, because that ain't Pastor Sean. But the Holy Spirit will use other people to speak to you. And it doesn't matter who you are, you can't get so high-minded that you don't allow others to speak into your life. That's part of that fixed mindset. You don't like constructive criticism. You don't like um, you don't like to be rebuked. You don't like to be realigned. That's not part of you because that's that fixed mindset. But you got to understand, how do you greet the Holy Spirit when you don't listen to your pastors? When your pastors are, they're fasting for you and the intercessory team is fasting and praying for you and they're telling you, Pastor Evan is telling you not to do this and he's telling you to get in your word. He's telling you don't be afraid of what's to come in the next six months. He is preparing you for all of this and then you just ignore that word and then you find yourself needing to be rescued simply because you failed to listen to Holy Spirit via your man and woman of God. And so that's how you know that you're grieving the Holy Spirit. You ignore or you reject guidance, all right? You refuse to repent for sin. Do you even have conviction when you disobey? And I ain't getting into that teaching tonight, but do you have conviction when you disobey? You just out there doing stuff and it's you've done it so long, it's no longer a big deal for you. You've eaten the cake so long when Jesus told you to give us sweets. You don't even think about whether you're going to eat the Snickers and eat the uh, the candy bar and eat the drink the Sprite and drink the Dr. Pepper and drink the Coke. But you do know a year ago, God told you to give up sweets. He and, and you got to understand, if God gives you a word, unless he gives you a, another word, you stick to the one he gave you. But it's no longer even bothering you to be stepping out in disobedience because you've just turned the Holy Spirit on mute. You're like, uh-uh, I don't need no guidance in this area. I got my app diet. I don't, I don't need any guidance in this area. I got my marriage. I don't need any guidance. God, it ain't me, it's them, right? And see, because God always talks to us talks to us about us. He ain't talking to me about April in my marriage. He's talking to me about me. And so what I got to do is I got to ask God, if I put him on mute, and when I do things that I know don't line up with the word of God, does it even bother me? Does it even bother me? All right, number four, you hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. Number five, you resist the fruit of the spirit. This is how you know you ain't listening to all the spirit. You don't walk in love. You don't walk in joy. You don't walk in peace. And I'm not saying just you're purposely not listening. What I'm saying is you could have been deceived by the enemy into thinking that peace doesn't really belong to you. 
Forgiveness isn't something you really have to do. That kindness isn't something that you have to exhibit. As a born-again believer, these are fruit of the Spirit. And if your spirit man is on mute, then you don't hear the Lord when he says, hey, show them. I know they cussed you. But don't cuss them back. All that come out your mouth is diarrhea of cuss. I'm going to let them have it. They ain't finna show me up who they think I am. Why? Because you got to defend yourself because you don't understand the Lord has already defended you. See, I don't got to be out there fighting battles that the Lord has already won on my behalf. But when I feel like I got to be my own protector, I put the Holy Spirit on mute and then I go out there and protect myself. And then I get myself in situations that I really can't protect myself on all because I let my mouth write a check that I wasn't able to cash. And so I got to be the one understanding that I cannot put Holy Spirit on mute if I am going to manage my mindset. Holy Spirit is going to always be the one bring me into alignment so that I may have the mind of Christ. All right. And then number six, you pursue selfish desires. See, when you put Holy Spirit on mute, you, 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 there's a few things you want. You, you're all about materialism. All right, we're re relocating ourselves, right? We're relocating, I mean, relocating ourselves mentally. Where am I? Am I? Do I put materialism before God? Do I put money and cars and things before God? Do I put power? Some of you like it's power, it's influence and status. Do I put my career and my own personal ambitions before God? Do I put my pleasure and self-gratification before God? Are there things in my life that I, I want and that feel good to me? And because they feel good to me, I give myself the occasional okay to do them, even though Holy Spirit knows says I should, even though the word clearly says I should. Do I do that? Because those are all indications that I have put Holy Spirit on me. Do I operate in self-centeredness? Do I operate in fear or doubt? Or do I allow my reputation to be the thing that's my Lord? Do I allow, oh, I can't do this. What such and such is going to think about me? If I really, if I say I'm going to pursue this, this job, what will they think about me if I leave? If I say I'm going to be the first one in my family to make a million dollars, what my family going to think about it? Is your reputation your Lord? Is that the thing that's causing you to make decisions uh, whether you're going to do or not do? whether I'm going to act or not act based off of rep reputation. Because if you, I was talking to April the other day, and we're processing something, and uh, we came to the conclusion that one of the things that both of us had done at one point is made or not made the decision based off what other people would think about it. And so you got to be real uh, metacognitive, and metacognitive and ask yourself, am I, think, am I making this decision? Am I disobeying God and why? And so that you can begin and ask Holy Spirit, okay, hey, I'm, I'm done muting you. Because there come a time when the life you're living is so out of order that you need to be rescued like the prodigal son. He's like, man, he took his stuff, he ran, but he realized this ain't the life for me. And so when that happens, you come back to God. And God is there with open arms to, to help you. But those are some indications whether you put uh, Holy Spirit on mute. Right. And that's not where he needs to be for us to receive what God has for us to receive. And so let's get to Colossians where we left off last week. All right. It says in verse one. You are, in fact, raised together with Christ. Now, ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. All right. Relocate yourself mentally. My responsibility Engage your thoughts with throne room realities, my responsibility, where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. It says becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room realities, throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul rule realm. Set your minds upon the things that are above and not upon the things that are below. So how do I experience victory in my mind, all right? I got to relocate myself mentally. I have to engage my throne, my thoughts with throne room realities, right? I got to become affectionately acquainted with 
with throne room realities to push out earthly hindrances. Understand this. We said this last week. Your unseen thoughts always produce a seen reality. My unseen thoughts always produce a seen reality. So no matter what it is I'm thinking, my outside word, world is a reflection of my inner thoughts. My outside world is a reflection of my inner thoughts, those thoughts that I receive. Because it's, I mean, people have said negative things about you, right? It's not people saying negative things about you that matter. It's you receiving the negative things and accepting those to be true and then replaying them. It's that whole thought process, right? That whole thought process. People say, it, I mean, people say negative words all the time. It's not the negative word that say it that harms you. It's the negative word that you receive, right? You analyze, you accept it to be true, and then you replay it over and over in your life that causes your outside to mimic something your inside. That's why you feel like you're not good enough for the job. That's why you feel like you're not uh, good enough to be a, a great spouse. That's why you feel like you're not a great mom. That's why you feel like you're not a great dad. That's why you feel like you don't qualify. That's why you feel like you, you're less than because you have allowed thoughts that are contradictory to Holy Spirit and the kingdom to be things that you have accepted to be true and you replayed those things. So when we're managing our mindset, what we got to do is begin to re get go back through that thought process and say, why do I feel like I'm dumb? Why do I feel like I'm not pretty? Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Why do I feel like that? Where did that thought come from? Why am I always trying to make other people happy, right? That was one of my things. I was, I was a people pleaser. Why is that, right? And, and, and let me help you. Sometimes you don't got to dig up the right. You just say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm tired of always pleasing other people and disobeying you. That stops today. I want freedom today, right? But when I did the work, I found out that part of my reason I was a pleaser is that as a kid, I want to win the uh I want to win the affection of my father. My father denied me as a kid, right? He said I wasn't his kid. He dark skinned. I was dang near white looking as a kid, right? And so I didn't realize I had a whole lot of daddy issues. And so um, when I made good grades, he paid attention to that. When I was good in sports, he paid attention to that. And then teachers like, you so smart, blah, blah, blah. And so what I began to do is try to act my way into making people happy because it affirmed some things that I wanted, right? And so now as an adult, almost 40, I started on this work when I was 30 something. I had to begin to be like, okay, cool. I mean, not cool, but I got to do the work to figure out why am I always doing things, even contradictory to God, in order to please somebody else uh, or, or in order to protect a reputation, in order to protect that. And the truth was, I was broken, right? And so what I had to do, I had to do some work to be like, okay, God, it's more important to please God than it is for me to please other people. Even though I know I've spent most of my life doing this, this is not of God. This is a curse. This is something that's hindering me. It is wicked in its in its way. It's not it's okay to please God. If pleasing other people is done by pleasing God, then that's perfectly fine. But I will never choose people over God. And so that's something that you got to come through. But my my reality was a byproduct of those thoughts that I really needed to do that because if I didn't do it, they may not like me. If I didn't do it, they may not want to be around me. And so those were thoughts that I had that hindered my uh, my ability to produce what God had for me in life. And so when you're going through that and you're managing your mindset and you're thinking about things, you got to understand one Another thing, you tie yourself, you anchor yourself in temporary situations. Your job, you know you're supposed to be gone, but you're still there because you think you're Lord. What they going to do without me? They're going to do the same thing they did before you showed up. That's what they're going to do. 
They existed before you, they exist without you. But a lot of times our inner thoughts causes us and attaches us to things that should be temporary, but we make permanent. And we and then we wonder why we're not seeing the benefits that God told us that we can have in the God in word, the benefits that God told us that we can have in, in his word, the benefits that Pastor Edwin told us that we can have when we can all make at least six digits because we have permanently attached ourselves to things that God has called to be temporary. Imagine if the man of God chose to stay by the uh, the, the the river when when it when it dried up. Imagine if he stayed there and didn't go to the widow woman who cooked him a bread, I mean, some, some cornbread, right? Imagine if he just said, "Well, I'm just gonna stay here. I love this place. I'm so attached to it. What what would have happened if I leave? What have happened if you stay?" And that was one of the guiding questions with managing your mindset, right? If I don't leave this job, where will I be in 10 years? If I don't leave this relationship, where will I be in 10 years? If I don't leave this city, where if I keep disobeying God, where will I be? That was one of the first guiding questions when it talks about managing your mindset. Why? Because... Your unseen thoughts are always producing seen realities. You got to challenge your own thinking. We got to challenge our own thinking. We got to spend time in that phase of replacement and replaying. Step four of the thought process. Replacement and replaying. I got to spend... Right, Pastor Evan, people do that all the time. Yeah. Because it's easy to blame everybody else except you. And, 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 and I said this way because I talk to y'all the way I talk to myself. Uh, and, and I understand how the Spirit meets us all uh, and talks to us uh, all the same. I mean, all differently based off our personalities. But he tells us all the truth. There's only one truth, right? There's one truth. Now, he may give it to you in a different way. But I grew up being talked to pretty harshly. But that doesn't bother me. Between sports, my mom and them, they didn't really shoot sugarcoat nothing. And, and see, y'all knew that y'all know the new refined Pastor Shun. I grew up with the old school Shunny Shun, where where it just it just came, it just flowed, it wasn't filtered. And so, <laughs> so that's what I grew up with. And I appreciate that. I embrace that because I just rather for you to say, "Rap that sucks," and then we work on how to make it right, you know? But everybody can't proceed that way. But part of that, uh, you got to replace and replay, all right? And so what I want to talk to you real quickly is about how do I get, how do I make step four right? Because you received a thought, you analyzed the thought. It didn't line up, right? So you rejected the thought, all right? But here's the thing, no matter what the thought is, I know Pastor is real sweet now. Hey, I, I totally agree with that. That's why I said the oh, she is refined. You hear me? That good sugars, nice and sweet. Uh, so, so, but meditation is so important. And what what happens is whether you are living for God or whether you are living for the in the world, you're still meditating. And so what I want to do is help you to understand the replay replacement, right? So you un you know that what you're thinking is of God, then this is what you're going to do. Uh, Pastor, I'm so petty. This dude said, mm. uh, and then if you need to uh, replace it, this same process works for both parts of step four. All right, it says we must meditate. How do I meditate on the word? The first thing you need to do is choose to read the word. Choose a passage, right? We're teaching ministry. I want how do I hear from God? How do I meditate on the word? You choose a passage. So Pastor Sean, like the gospels are great. I want to know what Jesus did. I want to know how he acted. I want to know I want to know the character of Jesus. Read Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right. Choose it. Read it. Read it in multiple translations. Read it from and consider contextual information, right? Read the word because this is how you become uh, intimate, 
All right. This is how you become acquainted with the word. This is how you develop throne room realities. This is how I engage my thoughts with that. This is how I relocate myself mentally. To relocate means to move to a new location. And so, and we're relocating because we were once with God. And so what we're doing is relocating. We're putting our mind back to where it was originally designed to be before Adam sinned. And so how do I do that? I got to meditate on the word. I got to find the word to read. I got to read it, read it in multiple translations, read it and read the contextual information about it. Don't just pick a scripture and not read around it, but you got to spend time doing that. Then you got to replay that word over and over. See, this is what you did when you sinned, right? You, you, you picked the sin. You, 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 you replayed that sin over and over. Let's say, let's see what we want to do. The job. Yeah, let's pick a job. You applying for jobs and God told you that that's not your job. You heard God. He said, don't even apply for it. You kept looking at the job. You're replaying it. You kept, you saw yourself make, making the money that job told you you can make, right? That's what you did. You began to paint an image in your head because the thing about being uh, made in the image of God, we have the ability of creative power. And so in our minds, we begin to create an image. You saw yourself interviewing. You saw yourself picking that, uh, cashing that check. You saw yourself. And because you saw yourself, you begin to reflect on it. And then before you realize it, you're acting on your most dominant heart thoughts that were in your heart in abundance. And so now you're sitting on a job, collecting a check, from a, and, and being in a place God told you not to be in because you chose to meditate on it. What if we chose to meditate on the things that God told us was ours? What if I just meditated on healing? What if I just meditated on walking in love? Then I probably wouldn't cuss out my neighbor. I probably wouldn't roll my eyes at my uh, coworker. I probably wouldn't be rude to my sister. I probably wouldn't be mean to my kids. If I just meditated on love, if I just said, I'm going to love people the way Christ loved me, you can meditate on that, baby. How did Christ love you? Even in your wretched ragginess, ragginess, in your toe up state, he chose to die for you. When you lied to him, he died for you. When you told him he wouldn't do it again, he still chose to die for you. Understand, he saw everything you would do, and he still chose to die for you. So when you meditate on a love like that, when he said, you know what, they're going to live without me for the first 25 years of their life. They're going to deny that I ever exist. They're going to be an atheist. They're going to be whatever. They're going to be agnostic. They're going to be whatever. And then they're not even going to come to me till they're 60. But they're going to die at 65. But you know what? I'm still going to sacrifice my life so that they may have eternity with me. That's how much he loves you. But you can't even be patient with your kids while you're going off on them. You don't want to extend any patience to your spouse. Why? Because you're muting Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But those are byproducts of those who are disciples of the living God. And that's an issue with believers. You want a savior, but you don't want to be a disciple. You want end time, you want eternity with the Lord, but you don't want any discipline. You don't want any cutting away. You don't want any changing of your ways. You want the benefits of the gift, right? Without the work needed to access it. And so the problem is with so many people in the church is that we don't want to be disciplined. We don't want to be disciples. You understand disciples left everything to follow God. But you, God can't even get you to, to leave your family long enough to grow up enough to bring them up to yourself. Oh, I can't go without them. That's why you're still broke. That's why you're still sick. He's just trying to get you in a new environment to make you whole, but you're not willing to leave nothing. You want to carry all, how many people get a new house and they carry everything from their old house to their new house? They don't. But somehow, we want to carry all the junk from the world that we got and, and get born again and bring all that over here. 
That's not how it works. And managing our mindset, God is cutting away things that are no kingdom good. And see, you think that's cruel, but because you're a pleaser, pleaser of people, let's go back to that, because you want to please people, you choose relationship with people over relationship with God. I, 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 can't, I can't leave I can't leave my family. Everybody grew up in this town. Everybody went to this church. Every Everybody uh, did this or went to this school. And you know the Lord is calling you to do something different. But because you don't want to break tradition, you will never see abundance. Because you refuse to break tradition, you will never see freedom. And so at some point, you got to be real with yourself and say, God, I don't want this. I don't know how to navigate my relationships and how to get out of this. But what I refuse to do is choose to please any man more than pleasing God. And, and, and it's not easy, but I tell you, it's worth it. Following God is not easy. It's not comfortable. And that he never told us that it would be, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And when we meditate on the word of God enough, when we replay his word in our, in our lives enough, we will understand that if God asks me to leave my family, I'm not talking about me, Ralph, get up and leave my April and the three kids. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'll give you an example. When I went to college, I grew up in Prescott, Arkansas, down south, almost in Texas. And I feel like the Lord told me to go to Fayetteville. It's at the northwest corner of the state. I had never left my mama or my grandma. And my grandma, and my grandma was one of them, oh, well, yeah. I had never left them. And so trying to do that was very difficult for me, right? I, I wasn't going to be able to be close to him or do anything, but I knew that's where I needed to be. And the Lord says, son, it was very simple. You have always told me that you wanted to do something different with your life, that you didn't want to be like some of the family members that you had, that you wanted to make money. And I'll be honest with you, my goal at that point was living in a brick house with a two-car uh, two carport because that's all I had ever seen, right? And the Lord wanted me, though, to go somewhere where my vision could expand. And see, as long as you are chilling with the people you're chilling with, your environment is always working on you. See, you can't even, God can't even give you a dream bigger than your environment because you're going to reject it because you ain't never seen nobody else do it. And, and so he's trying to pull you out. Not for you to leave your people, not for them not to be okay. He's God big enough to take care of you in wherever he called you to and still take care of them wherever they at. And so as he moved me to Fayetteville, praise the Lord for that decision I obeyed. One of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because it got me connected to Fellowship of Champions Church, right? It's the reason I'm still married today. It's the reason I, I feel like I'm a good father and I'm a good, uh, uh, a good son. It's the reason I feel like I'm able to follow God because of that one decision. But I had to make that decision every day. Every day, you got to make the decision. You don't make the decision once and it's done. Every day, I got to make a decision to follow God. Every day, I got to make a decision to follow God. But some of you, because you refuse to let God move you, he can't show you anything different. Because he can't show you anything different, you can't believe for anything different. And because God is not a God that's moved by need. He's not moved by desire. He is moved by faith. And if you can't see anything different in your mind and you can't operate in faith, then he can't produce the thing that he wants you to have. So every day I got to make a choice to move my mind. I got to make myself a choice to expand my vision. That's why I signed up for Live Your Days Challenge. I am almost 40 years old and I'm still navigating what I want to do in life. Well, I need to rewrite some things. I need to to refine what I want to do, what God has called me to do. And see, that's another thing I saw the April about today. I was like, I need to put in what I want to do. I need to make sure I spend time fasting or, or if 
and, and finding out, well, God, what do you want me doing in this season of my life? Because no matter where you are, he's always trying to pull you to somewhere else. He's always trying to prove, pull you to somewhere else. God is always trying to expand our vision, but we must be willing to open our minds so that we can be expanded. We must be willing to allow Holy Spirit to do what he does, which is to recalibrate us and point us into the direction to the finished works of God because he knows where all the goods are hidden. Why? He was there in the beginning. He was the, he'll be there in the end. He is here with us in present, causing the love of God to be shared abroad in our heart. When we understand the depth, the width, the height, and the breadth of God's love, then he can do exceeding abundantly all that we could ever ask or what? Imagine. But if you ain't dreaming about nothing, what has he got to work with? Some of you should ask God, God, I want to dream again. God, I want to I I dream about what my life looks like through your eyes. Show me clearly, Father, what you will have me to do. Make it so big for me that I can't miss it. I love the prayer they sent out today and uh, live your dreams VIP. Make it so big for me, God, that I can't miss it. Because we can't afford to live lives less than what God has called us to. Why? Because the earth is in earnest expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. And so we are not manifesting the kingdom people that we're called to be. Then they're waiting. Go ahead and type this. Go ahead and type this. Say, so they won't have to wait on me. They won't have to wait on me. Why? Because I'm going to manifest everything God has called me to manifest. Why? Because I am going to manage my mind. I am going to allow Holy Spirit to do his job. I am going to sit here and I'm going to reflect and I'm going to replay what the word has said. I am going to become affectionately acquainted with throne room realities so that I may see myself co-seated with Christ and on the right hand of God so that I may understand that there is not an obstacle that God has not already brought me through. He says, in this world, son, you will have trouble, but be of good hope, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. They won't have to wait on me. They won't have to wait on me. On your jobs, people are looking for you to take leadership, but you shine away from it. They won't have to wait. Why? The people rejoice when righteous people are in authority. But everybody want to be a pastor. Everybody want to be a praise leader. Everybody want to be things that people can see. Ministry is not just what's in the church. Ministry is in the workplace. When I go to work and I'm the director and I have the opportunity to lead 175 employees, I have the opportunity to lead kingdom. Now, I may not come out and say, God this or God that, but baby, better know I'm praying for every one of my employees. You better know that I'm asking God on how, how to run these things. You better understand that in your workplace, it is the kingdom that God may have called you to if you're on the right job. But see, that's why it's important to be willing to leave a job because sometimes God needs somebody else. My disobedience to stay in the place prevents somebody else from getting to the place God has called them to be. So I need to move if you need to reassign why you move. I love Pastor Evan teaches. You can always reframe it. I need to obey God and move from this job, move from this house, move from this city because there's somebody God is calling to replace me. And as long as I stay here, I'm holding up the process for somebody else. So I got to move. However you got to reframe it, obey God. At the end of the day, obey God. Don't, don't, don't let sin become the thing that masters you. Don't let disobedience become the thing that masters you. We got a couple of minutes left, so we'll end here. It says, uh, let's go back to Colossians 3, verse 3. It says, your union with his death broke the association with the world. 
your union with his death broke the association with the world. So as I reflect on, as I understand I, and become acquainted with throne room realities, I understand that my union with his death has broken the association with the world. Well, believer, whether you know it or not, sin is a choice, absolute choice. Sin is a choice. What is sin? It's the act of making a conscious decision to act in a way that opposes the principles of the kingdom. Anytime I make a decision that's opposite the kingdom, that's a sin. All right? But here's the thing that Jesus told us. My union with death is broken in association with the world. Broke the association with the world. I don't have to sin. Go ahead and type that. Say, I don't have to sin. I don't have to sin. D don't be coming at me with Pastor Ralph. You don't even understand, man. You don't even know. Yeah, I do. I do know. I know what I know that uh that Romans 6 and 14 says that sin shall not be your master because you're not under the law, but under grace. I do know that. And I'll replay that, right? Uh, so when sin comes, it says, you know what, Ralph? You should steal that money. And I'm like, nope. That is not making that that is not a conscious decision I desire to make because it's opposite the kingdom of God. That's a now I received it, I analyze it. It's opposite to the kingdom of God. Because I want to live for Jesus, I am going to reject that thought. And when I'm going to replay this. Sin is not my master. I don't live under the law. I don't live under my flesh. I live under grace. I am affectionately acquainted with everything that Jesus has done. He has paid for sin and all the consequences of sin. 1 Corinthians 10 tells me that there is no new sin that's, that, that, that I can encounter and that for every sin, he's going to give me a way of escape. So I thank you that I leave this money where it belongs because it don't belong to me. I replay, I rehearse what the word says so that I can manage my mindset because when I sow a thought, it's going to reap an action, right? When I saw an action, it's going to reap a habit. And so what I got to do is I got to continue to sow good thoughts. One way I confess the word of God so that my inner ear is hearing myself speak what the word has said so that I can think about that. I can meditate on that. I can chew on that. And that becomes a thing that's in abundance in my heart so that in a crisis situation, when you walk into the... Uh, and if you're not drinking and when you walk into the hotel room for vacation and they got three three bottles of liquor there for you free, you ain't tempted. Why? Because I understand that I'm not a drinker. But for most people, you haven't identified as a thing that you no longer are. You're not saying, I am a Christian. I'm trying to live like Jesus. Baby, no. Living like Jesus is a choice. You don't try to do it. You do it. And the Holy Spirit brings you into the fullness of your salvation until you're fully saved, living with Jesus in the heaven. You, I don't try to be a man, y'all. I am a man. I don't try to be black. I am black. I don't try to be a daddy. I am a daddy. Trying is indication that you ain't fully believed yet. So what I got to decide today is that I ain't trying to live like Christ. I live like Christ. Why? Because the union with his death has been broken. The association with the world has been broken. I don't try. See, that's why some of y'all, you just tell the truth. You don't want to be a disciple of God. You just want salvation. You just want eternal life because you're afraid to burn in hell. And if you just be real with God, but but that's why, but the God says that he would give us the capability through, through, through being a disciple or a follower of him to bring heaven into this earth realm. That, my friend, is reserved for those who walk out the things of God. But I'll tell you the same thing I've been telling you for weeks. You all, If you say you're a believer, a child of God, you ought to live like something. You, you, you ought to live like something. Hey, Miss Kim, I'm glad the word blessing you. You ought to live like something. 
Let's go to 1 John 3 as we finish for tonight. It says, but you know, he appeared so he may take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one. Y'all look at this. No, this is the Bible talk. This ain't Ralph. No one who lives in him keeps what? On sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Understand this. No one who lives in him. A lot of y'all in a body in Christ. You've accepted a savior, but you've chosen not to abide in Christ. You have to abide. You, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. That's Bible. And so let me ask you a couple of good questions. Let me ask you, can Jesus deliver you from lying? What y'all gonna say? Can Jesus heal the sick? What y'all gonna say? Could Jesus heal the blind? What y'all gonna say? Yes. He, is, is there any sin too big for God? Y'all know the answer. What's the answer to it? No. So why are you still struggling? It isn't God. It's your mindset. The only reason we still experience any struggle, it isn't God. You just said can God deliver you from lying? Yeah. Can God deliver you from big, kill, heal the sick? Yes. Can God raise the dead? Yes. Can, is, is anything too big for God? No. So why are you still struggling? Because you haven't affectionately acquainted yourself with those throne room realities. You haven't relocated yourself uh, to think the way that God thinks. You haven't, you haven't engaged your thoughts long enough with throne room realities. Why? Because if God, if nothing's too big for God, and I am still getting whooped, it ain't God, baby. It got to be something with me. And so understanding and not abdicating responsibility, God is in ultimate control, but he doesn't take control unless you invite him in. That's why the God in word says, hey, let me walk with you. The God and Word says, if we partner together, the God and Word says, don't forget. The God and Word says, allow my word. The God and Word says, if you will not forget, everything is a responsibility of your own management in order to see the promises of God show up in your life. That's what you got to do. To see the promises of God show up in your life. You can't abdicate responsibility. God isn't going to make you healed. He's not. You are healed by your faith. God isn't going to make you wealthy. He's going to provide wealth by your faith. You're going to obtain from God the gifts by your faith. He doesn't give them to you. You, retain, you obtain salvation by your faith faith. You says, I believe in my heart. You confessed with your mouth. By faith, you are saved. By faith, you are the righteousness of God. By faith, you receive grace unto salvation. By faith, you experience peace in mind. By faith, you don't cuss out your spouse. By faith, you parent your kids right. By faith, you experience healing in your body. By faith, you experience healing in your finances. By faith, you have reconciled relationships. By faith, the just shall live by faith. Who is the just? That's me. Because I am justified. I am the just. The just shall live by faith. So that's how I understand, and we out of time, but that's how that's how we have to manage our mindset. And so next week, we'll come back and we'll talk about um, James 1 and the stages of sin and how we navigate that part. Because I want you to understand this. In order to see the fullness of what God has for you on this earth, you got to live like something. And choosing sin over God is never going to get you the fullness of manifesting the premises that he has for you. The Bible says that he has plans. He knows the uh, plans and the thoughts that he has towards you. That's He knows that, right? He understands that. But to experience that requires discipline. See, you saved, but you're not disciplined. 
you, you're going to heaven, but you, you, you're not disciplined. And so what we got to become, we have to discipline our minds to understand that I am not that old man I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ that I am no longer connected with those old things, but baby, I have union with Christ and that he has renewed me and that I am the righteousness of God co-seated with Christ in heaven at the right hand of the Father. I have access to everything that heaven has right here on earth. So I exercise my faith, my Holy Ghost imagination. I recall every scripture that he has told me. I go back and I, because as I'm a tither, I know what I got as a tither. I know that the windows are open to me. I know that he'll rebuke the devourer for my sake. I know that because I'm a giver, he'll cause other men to give to me, press down, should run over into my bosom. I understand that because I do those things and I'm a cheerful, prompt to do giver, y'all get y'all money ready for uh, offering, that he will, because uh, he won't do without me, right? That he'll give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, I know some things. And so the problem is, you got to know those things in the areas in which the enemy is trying to wear you down. And for some of you, it's, it's, it's maybe fornication. For some of you, it may be your eating. For some of you, it may be sickness. For some of you, it may be your marriage. For some of you, it may be a job or a location. For some of you, it may be mental uh, health issues. But you got to get in the word and meditate on that word so that you can relocate yourself. All right. So that you can relocate yourself mentally so that you can engage your thoughts with throne room realities and become affectionately acquainted with the realities to push out earthly hindrances. That's what the Colossians told us in three Colossians three. When you become affectionately acquainted with throne room realities, it pushes out earthly hindrances. See, you you so focused on the sin. Don't magnify the sin magnify the word of God and it will push out earthly hindrances. Don't, don't look at what your spouse is doing. Magnify the love of God and it will push out earthly hindrances. So you focus on the wrong thing. Whatever you focus on gets magnified. So if you focus on the sin, you magnify the sin. We don't focus on the sin as believers. We focus on the word. The word of God pushes out everything. That's how people who, who are trained to spot counterfeit money, they don't focus on the fakes. They focus on the real thing. The real thing pushes out the fake. It makes them, I focus on the real thing so much, I know where the fake shows up. I know where the counterfeit shows up. Because so many times we don't spend time with the word of God, we don't know that that job's a counterfeit. We don't know that boo is a counterfeit. We don't know she a counterfeit. We don't know he a counterfeit. We don't know that that's a counterfeit. Why? Because you ain't focused on the word enough. You don't know the original enough to know when a counterfeit shows up. So spend your time only on the word and it'll push out all earthly hindrances. So let's get out of here tonight. Let me go through these announcements real quick. And we'll, we'll see each other next Wednesday. Let's run through these announcements. All right. So today is Wednesday. So catch us Friday at 6.30 a.m. for Champion Circle Prayer. All right. Friday, 6.30 a.m., we have Champion Circle's Prayer. Then follow up Sunday with Elder Valley and Pastor Chris for uh, Christian Valley Worships. Make sure you like and love her Facebook page. That's where that's broadcast from. Then Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean will follow up with Sunday Celebration. Then on Mondays, we have strategies for success at 12 noon on Pastor Sean's uh, personal and professional page, as well as YouTube. Then on Tuesday, we don't have anything uh, until uh, March 7th. Then we'll have, on March 7th, we'll have Relationships 101 uh, on March 7th. Any other Tuesday, only on the first Tuesday of the month, we have something that's strategy, I mean, Relationships 101. And just so you know, that is located on Edwin and Sean Strickland. Facebook page. That's where you go to uh, do that at. And then on Wednesday, uh, next Wednesday, you know, it's our triple header. We got Wednesday night prayer at seven. We got Ignite at 7.15. And then we'll hear back for a refresh. Do not forget about Victory Zone. All right. Victory Zone, they got a series going now. <laughs> Some of y'all adults, uh, I say y'all, us, we can benefit from it. They're going over the fruit of the spirit. All right, they've done love, they've done joy, and then this week they're over peace. Uh, and I apologize, I got that up late, but it is up. Get your kids involved. Uh, they're going over peace. And so for the next several weeks, 
They'll be going over the fruit of the spirit. And, and as they navigate that, you guys challenge them. I've been challenging my kids to exercise. They ain't got to it yet, but patience with each other. Because they always want to snap and fuss at each other. But but sometimes their reflection, I had to go to God. Am I doing that? Is that why they do that? Because they see me do that? And so as a parent, we got to look at our own actions and make sure that they're not mimicking what they're seeing from the person who is Lord of that house, right? And so you got to reflect on your own self. So, but make sure you get your littles involved. Make sure you get your teens involved uh, with that. And so, uh, lastly, you want to give. I know you want to give. Let's get to giving information up. You give a give a five push pay tidally text to give. Uh, or our international partners outside of the United States, you can give via PayPal. If you're not outside of the United States, please give using Giveify, push pay, text tidally, or text to give. Uh, PayPal is reserved for our international partners. All right, we have 100% toddlers at uh, FOC. And that's what enables us to do such great work around the world for thousands of partners, because not just partners, but people. Uh, we bless we bless whoever God tells us to bless. And so we're able to do that because of you, our partners and our friends of the ministry. So thank you so much for being a, uh, being a partner with us. Thank you so much for giving and making the uh, vision of God come to pass because we could not do it without your support. So we're grateful for you for that. All right. I think that is all the announcements. If you haven't already, uh, go join, uh, replay and apply. You're right, Kim. Uh, if you haven't already, go jump on Pastor Sean's page. Go to my page. Go to Pastor Chris' page. Go to Pastor Edwin. Somebody's page and sign up for Living Your Dreams tomorrow. All right? It's going to be at 12 noon. Yeah, uh, Go register and do that because, man, I'm telling you, it blessed my soul. Man, April's talking about it early. I'm probably going to go watch uh, the replay of the VIP session. And understand, it's only $29. Most of y'all spend more than that when you go out to eat. And that meal, gonna, you're going to be full and be hungry later. But this is something that can change your life. You remember how we started? You're worth the investment, baby. So go take care of that uh, and get signed up for that. See you at the huddle on March 5th. Uh, I love you guys so much. And if we can do anything for you, reach out to our prayer team. We'll be happy to pray for you. Reach out to anybody, any of the pastors. We'll be happy to help you. We love you so much. And thank you for all that you do. And we enjoy uh, getting to teach you how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. Be blessed.